Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So when I was in my 20s, I had a friend and we were becoming closer over time. And she was pretty put together and she was fun and she knew what she wanted in life. And she just was kind of one of those people that had their act together. So she was also friends with this other person who could only be described as an absolute hot mess. And I knew that she was very close to this person. And so we'll call her Barbara. I asked my friend, so you're good friends with Barbara and you two just seem kind of different, to put it nicely. And she told me, she said, Barbara is one of those people who if I was stranded in the middle of New York City at three o'clock in the morning, I could call Barbara and she would absolutely show up and help me, no questions asked. And then she continued on and she said, but I'm never stranded at three o'clock in the morning in New York City. Barbara is always stranded at three o'clock in the morning in the middle of New York City and she expects me to pick her up, no questions asked. And so she understood who her friend was fully, but it still didn't quite answer the question, how do you, a person who's so put together in their 20s, spend so much time with somebody who's such a hot mess? And I think that a lot of people are in this situation where they find themselves friends with people for whatever reason. There's a history, there's some big event they went through together, they work together, whatever it is. But a lot of times you'll have this, people who are well put together with friends on their team who are not so well put together and maybe not good team members. So basically a person's team is that group of people and it might be friends and it might be family who you go to and rely upon through thick and thin. And your team members are the people who are there through the ups and downs of life. They're the people who show up. They're the people who are your support. And preferably, your team members, the people who support you, are going to be people who don't have too much drama going on in their lives the way that my friend's friend Barbara did. The idea would be that you have people who are on your team who are absolutely solid, that you know you can depend upon, that you know are reliable, and don't ask for much in return other than the same level of support. So that is ideally how a team works. Now, there are ways that the teams kind of fall apart. We're sort of used to seeing 
the person who's sort of the weak link in a team, like that person who always sort of has drama in their life, is always a hot mess, is calling you at three o'clock in the morning from New York City asking for a pickup. And those ones are really super obvious and most people can see them clearly. And then what the person actually does with it is another thing entirely. But there are ways that your team or your support can fall apart. Things can go wrong in much more subtle ways than that. And a lot of times people don't even notice that there's something wrong with one or all of their team members because it just is so darn subtle. And when people behave, behave in a way that isn't egregious, it takes us a long time to notice that. And sometimes it takes years to realize that somebody's not really a great support for you. And so the first way that that happens is you'll recognize that you're going through a hard time and you're sort of telling the story of something that went terribly wrong, some relationship that went wrong, um, something that happened where you're just not really feeling up to snuff on a particular day. And it's your day. It's the day where things are not going well for you and you're feeling a lot emotionally. And so you call up your friend which is the healthy thing to do rather than isolate and try to deal with it on your own and talk it through with them. And as you're talking it through with them, every step of the way, as you're telling them about each piece of how things have gone wrong for you, they will somehow take your bad day or your bad situation and turn it around to something that they relate to. And that's okay a little bit if there's sort of a little bit of sharing. So the conversation might go something like this. Today, Bob broke up with me and I'm feeling so distraught. And I don't really know where it was coming from. I'm just sort of going over the relationship in my mind and I don't know what I did and I don't know what went wrong and here I am. And then your friend says, yeah, that's tough. When I went through this breakup with John, um, you know, this is what went through my mind and I was sort of figuring out things about me. And you know, since then I've realized that I'm the kind of person that needs blah, 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 blah. And it just goes on and on and on. And it's no longer about you and what you're currently going through. It's about them and something that they went through in the past. Or sometimes it's like, oh, you think you've had a bad day or you think you've had a bad breakup. And then the person goes on to do comparisons. And again, it's about them 
it's about what they went through and when they do comparisons it's really about them winning right whose life is shittier mine or yours i'm going to prove that mine's worse so you have nothing to cry about here right and that's not really somebody who has your back that's somebody who has their own interest in mind and they're really only concerned about their own feelings and their own well-being and they really don't care what you're saying now maybe we could let that go once or twice with a friend but after a while sometimes you'll notice that it's always about them that whenever you present a problem it somehow gets turned around to what they're going through or what they've been through and that's not somebody who should be on your team it will make you feel alone in the end and essentially you are alone if that's how your friend is supporting you so there's no point in having somebody like that on your team now another way that team members can go wrong is something that i think we're all sort of aware of so there are a number of different sayings about that you know uh, one of them is you'll realize who's really there for you when you're at your worst you know the people who are really there for you are there during your darkest hour you know the people who are there for you can walk through the darkness or see you at your worst right we have ways of saying this that i think this is sort of a more obvious issue is that when you're going through a tough time it's really obvious who is able to listen and who is not able to listen to the tough times who is able to be there for you when times are tough and who is not and sometimes it's really obvious like you call your friend and you let them know that someone in your family close to you has passed away and then they don't spend much time on the phone they don't check in with you and they certainly don't come to the funeral or wake or whatever and so sometimes it's super obvious like that and sometimes it's a little bit more subtle it's the people that you tell them you're going through a hard time and they don't call you back or they call you back and they don't have time or they're suddenly busy at work um, and sorry they couldn't get back to you but life has been crazy and this that and the other thing happened and i meant to call but i couldn't i couldn't find the time i had this that and the other thing going on and it's just like regular everyday stuff that's normal stress stuff that they use as excuses but the point is is that you've told your friend something terrible that you're going through and they suddenly become unavailable or even worse they don't check in with you and then give some excuse like well i'm not really a calling type of person 
or I don't do well with text messaging and they have some really superficial excuse for why they weren't supportive of you as you were going through your tough time. Now there are other people who like to call themselves great support and they will consider themselves to be good listeners, say. And what will happen is you'll call up your friend and you'll say, you know, I'm going through a tough day, this, that, and the other thing happened. I got fired from my job. It's not going well for me. And they will listen for about two seconds, act like they're listening, and then suddenly they'll change the subject. And this isn't like the people who change the subject back to them. I'm talking about people who change the subject to another topic. Maybe it's about you. And so it doesn't seem like they're being selfish. It seems like they're caring. But, you know, you've told them that you've lost your job and you're bummed about it. And they say something like, well, how is your dog healing from his ear infection? Is that getting better or how's your mom, right? So it's like they couldn't handle the negative topic that you presented to them. So they're gonna move it into something else. And that's not being supportive either, although it looks like they're being supportive because they're asking you about you, but that's not support either. Now I see this other thing a lot. That is when you call up a friend, talk to them about what you're going through and they listen and then they have to put a positive spin on it almost immediately. So, you call up and you say, hey, you know something? I just had a fight with my mother again and I'm just not feeling good about how things went. And they say something like, well, at least, you know, you and your mom are communicating now. I mean, that's great that you guys can talk to each other because it'll be fine in the end. You guys will work it out Everything will be back to normal. Don't even worry about this. It's all going to be good. And it seems like your friend is being really nice by saying that to you. But when somebody puts a positive spin on things, when they take your pain and try to make you look at the positive, they're not really tolerating the emotions that you're having right now. If you are sad, a good support person will reflect the sadness back to you. They will not try to solve anything. They will not try to put a positive spin on it. They will not try to make it better. They will just simply say, wow, that must be hard. It must be difficult what you are going through right now. And there's a lot of people who can't simply do that, who cannot simply tolerate your pain. A lot of people feel like they have to 
solve it. And if it's something that can't be solved, they have to put a positive spin on it. And that's not really being supportive of what you're going through. Now, the other side of this is the opposite. When you are really going through a good time in life, you've achieved something, you're killing it at work, you've entered into a wonderful relationship, whatever it is, something really great is happening in your life. And you call up your person, that friend or family member, to celebrate, to let them know the good news about how you're doing right now. You know, I went on that blind date and it turns out that that person is special. And I think I could really see this going somewhere. I'm really excited about where this relationship might be going. I mean, this person checks all the boxes. They could be the one for me. And then your friend or family member says, oh, okay, that's nice. Um, did I tell you what I read on the internet the other day? Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. And they can't reflect back your enthusiasm or your happiness. They cannot be there in the moment with you as you are trying to celebrate or you are experiencing joy. You know, I just got my grade on that exam. I got an A plus. I studied so hard and I thought I was going to fail and I pulled it out and I have an A plus. That's nice. Oh, did you know what's on TV tonight? Don't miss the game. It's going to be really good. And so it's another subtle way of not being supportive because I think we all tend to think that the real friends and family are the people who can be there for you in the tough times. But the other side of that is you have to have people who can be there through the good times too, who can celebrate with you, who can help you along as you enjoy your life, who can reflect back when good things are happening to you. And there are a lot of people who simply can't do that. And maybe they can't do that because their own life is miserable and they just don't have it in them to celebrate anybody's life. Or maybe they're super jealous. And when you talk about something that is really great that happened to you, maybe they feel competitive with you and they feel like, oh man, you know, he just got that bonus at work and I work at the same place and I deserve a bonus too. And this is kind of BS. I should, I'm going to talk to the boss because I, I, you know, and it's not support. That person is not on your team. And when you have friends or family members who are super competitive, they are not on your team. They're actually working against you. They actually want to see you do poorly. They want to see you fail. And that's why they cannot celebrate with you. So then the question becomes, so what do we do? How do we identify the right team members, the right 
support system, right? And this will be a big question when you take a look at the support around you and you realize that the people around you don't really have your back and don't want the best for you. And when people realize that, and that happens in therapy a lot, where I'll be talking with somebody and I'll be talking to them about their friends and I'll ask questions like, oh, are you always the one who reaches out or do they reach out to you and check in on you? And then when my client realizes that, like, oh, yeah, I guess they're not making sure that I'm okay. Then they start to take a look at it and start to understand that, oh, these people that I always considered support are not really supportive. And so then we have to kind of take a look at how to find the new support. One of the ways that people need to find support is not necessarily in completely reinventing the wheel and trying to go out and meet new people. A lot of times your support is right there near you and you just don't see it because you're sort of used to the bad team that you already have. And a lot of times it's just a matter of taking a look at your acquaintances and coworkers and people that are in your life and thinking about them in a different way. And team members can be anybody. They could be friends, they could be family, they might be coaches, they might be clergy, they might be teachers. Um, a lot of times they're all around us and we just don't see it. And fortunately, me being a psychologist, I get to hear about people's lives and I will hear my clients talk about various people in their lives. And I'll point out, you know, this person that you have as sort of a distant friend seems to be the one who always checks in on you when you're having a hard time. And they really encouraged you when you were going for that promotion. And a lot of times I'll get to see it as an outsider looking in, which is great. Sometimes it's hard to see yourself. So as a psychologist also, when I am helping people through mostly trauma, but any sort of tough time, you know, we're always asking that question, what does your support system look like? Uh, who are the people you can count on as you're kind of going through what you're going through? And a lot of times what I see is that people have the wrong team members doing the wrong thing. So for example, they will identify their, say, dad as the person who they find to be the nurturer because he's your dad, right? But then when we get to talking about sort of who their dad is, we find I find out that dad's super logical, he likes to solve problems, he likes to give advice, he's not super affectionate. 
and uh, doesn't really want to listen to long stories about issues. He's more like, tell me what your problem is and let me fix it. So what happens is my client will go to, say, their dad looking for love, needing that hug, uh, needing that nurturing, and then the dad will be trying to solve the problem. And then they end up somehow disappointed because they didn't get what they needed. And in that moment, whenever they were going through that issue, they needed somebody to nurture them. And they went to somebody who's a logical problem solver to be nurturing. So basically they went to the wrong person for what they needed. And I see that happening a lot where people know it to be true. They happen to know that a certain person in their life is a certain way, and yet they go to them for something completely different, and then they're sorely disappointed. And it goes in the other direction, too. I see, you know, someone who really needs advice to make a major life decision, maybe it's a career decision, something like that, and they go to mom or grandma who's really good at baking cookies and says, like, oh, I trust you, whatever you think, and doesn't really give them the advice that they were looking for. And so it's it's another way that by putting your team members in the wrong categories, you can end up disappointed over and over again and feel like your needs aren't getting met. And so it's not that you need to get rid of those kinds of team members. You just have to be clear about who you need to go to when. When you need advice about making a career decision, you go to the logical person. When you need to feel better after a breakup, you go to the nurturing person. Don't confuse the categories. Just know who you need to go to for what. That is still a good team as long as you know where everybody belongs. Now, this may sound silly, but even people who have passed away and even characters on TV and in books and in movies can still be team members because all you have to know about a team member is what they would say and what they would do to help you. And if you can think about what Superman would do to protect you or what the fairy godmother would say to comfort you or what your grandma would have said or would have done when she were alive to help you, you have the answer and the support on the inside. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be trying to have real life support and a real life team and people who are genuinely on your side. But that is to say that if you can think about how someone would help you, that can tell you everything about what you need. And I would encourage you to take a look at your team 
and think about if they are really there to support you and think about whether or not they have your best interest in mind and want good things for you and want you to do okay in life. And if they don't, it's time to take a look at other team members. And if you feel alone or you feel like you don't actually have a team, then it's probably time to take a look at going to therapy and working that through because the therapist is not going to be your team, but they're going to be there for you to help you work through what you need and how to get the support outside that is necessary for your psychological survival. And so I wish you the best with that. And I hope that you do find that team that's ready to back you up. Thank you for listening.